This week, we all begin the adventure that is Castle Rock Season 2 on Hulu. Kat and I sat down and watched the first two of the three episodes that are already available and gush about it for more than half an hour. Now, originally, we had some stuff to say before we watched it together, but I very cleverly turned off my microphone midway through that talk. So all you get here is what we talked about after we watched episodes one and two. So work with me here. We're all sitting together on Kat's bed, watching the big flat screen TV, and waiting forever for the first episodes to buffer and begin on Hulu. And then, about two minutes after we watch those amazing first two episodes, we start to talk. So join us deep in the boudoir of the dark multiverse of Stephen King, a proud member of the Podbelly Network. More on that at the back end, but right now, here we go. Anyway, we have now watched... Not just one, but uh, the first two episodes, yeah, because apparently can... at least the first three, if not even more, are available on Hulu. Right. I didn't know that they dumped the whole thing. I but... couldn't resist myself. I'm like, well, Brad but... was giving me a foot rub, and I was scratching his back, and I'm like, should we do another one? And he's like, mm-hmm. And also, the first one ends on such a cliffhanger, the, the first you have episode to is see so good. Going You're hooked. On. It's so we're going to talk uh, freely, spoilerless. <laughs> oh, just, just like we've both been at other times in our lives. Yeah. That's another story. <laughs> we like hookers, what yeah, can we, we say? We like hookers, what can we say? Uh, it's, um, so, spoiler alert, deluxe yeah. here. Go watch the first two episodes of Castle Rock Season 2 yeah. on Hulu. Or from now on, oh or if you've already seen it, great, because we're going to completely blow it. So, yeah. having seen those first two episodes... But episode number one just balls out. It was amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's so, so good. And Annie Wilkes is... Okay, she had to have studied Kathy Bates so perfectly mm-hmm. uh, from Misery, because she... Talks in the same kind of cadence and straightforwardness, and the same flat and the, Midwestern accent, and uses yeah. cockadoodie and dirty birdie and all the Annie Wilkes phrases that we all know and love with complete authenticity. Like she just made oh, them up. Yeah, not like she's. It isn't like she's doing an imitation of Kathy no. Bates. It's, it's even like the way she's she, reinterpreting the yeah. character twenty years earlier. The way she walks. It's yeah. very um, everything that she does is very matter of fact. It has a reason for everything. You know what I mean? She yeah. just goes, goes, now, goes. The the continuity gets confusing. here. Here, but it's really not that bad because the other major story arc in this, right. apart from her, is about Pops Merrill and the Merrill family mm-hmm. that's basically running what's left of Castle Rock. We're trying to figure out where that goes with Salem's Lot and yeah, everything. Yeah, we're still not sure about yeah. Salem's Lot itself, but what is clear is that this is happening a year or less after the end of the first season of yeah. Castle Rock. Now, there have been no carryover characters at all. Yet, no, yeah. Uh, as of the first two, but it's real clear they have scenes in the first one that talk about the disaster at Shawshank, how they're reopening it and all the people are coming back. And that's from last season to this season, so clearly they're right. just going one year to the next, which is great. Right front, this yeah. is 2019, so there's yeah. no question. This is a modern day. Before we weren't sure, yeah. and now we know. Now, and so we know from all that, we know that Cujo has already taken place. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, Needful Things has already taken place. We even know place. that Haven, Alien, Crash. Right. We, uh, yeah. yeah, we know... That the um, it, it has taken, t- place. Has taken yeah. place because, because it all, says yeah. it, we all float and it says Georgie highlighted and yeah, all there's that. no yeah. question. Mm-hmm. So uh, we know Dead Zone has taken place. Uh, oh right, because, because of the suicide. We saw the suicide. And we do know, of course, that there is a Jerusalem's lot, and it looks to be just a tiny little deserted piece of shit. Right, and that's by the way. 
it's the exact same town as last season, which yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah, the, the so gun place is complete continuity. It's like they it's just picked so it right cool, up. Yeah. <laughs> but what we don't know is whether the classic Salem's Lot book, the vampire thing, yeah. has already happened. Happened back in the 70s mm-hmm. or 60s or 80s or whatever. Or whether that's in the future because the misery story has been moved forward. Right. Where all these other stories seem to have taken place in the recent yeah. past and time shift. This is clearly Annie Wilkes 20 years younger, give or take, than the Annie Wilkes we know from Misery. 20 years before. Yeah, the character yeah, is yeah. 20 years yeah. younger. And so, and even though it's taking has, place yes. now. So the whole Paul Sheldon Misery is in the future. Which is super cool because when... Okay, so Annie Wilkes in... Castle Rock is addicted to lithium resveratrol, 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 and halogen. Yeah, yeah. and she needs her meds, so she goes from place to place working as a nurse, and she is stealing these meds for herself. And then she walks out the door and goes and moves to the next town with her daughter. And it shows over the course of years and seasons and everything like that. Knock it off, Brad. I'm sorry. I'm going to slap you. I haven't slapped you in a long time because we have always been in agreement lately about no, our stuff. I will slap you. Don't slap me. <laughs> he yawned. When the dog snores, the dog snoring. Yeah. He's making me yawn. I'll blame the dog. That's what I'll blame. He's relaxing you too much. So she has a week plus where she's not had her meds and she starts seeing this tall man and all these, you know, also bloody. Also, her past, which indicate right. to us, though we're not sure yet, that the She's daughter been, that she has, Joy, who is now in her late uh-huh. teens, mid-teens, that she acquired her as a baby that she right. found in a banker's box, in a file box. I think that she took the baby to kill it, and she just, some, for some reason, wanted this Might baby. Have, all we know is we see her standing. God or yeah, whatever. All we know for sure is we see her covered with blood, a, t- yes. a teenage version of, yeah. of Annie, covered in blood at the edge of a, a lake or a river mm-hmm. with a file box. And when she opens that file box, she well, has a baby inside. Before she inside. even opens it, the box jumps. And that's what sucks you in before yeah. the credits. Yeah, you have yeah. to get all the way through the episode <laughs> to see the baby. But that's what it is. And yeah. that clearly is joy. Yeah. So not her baby. We also have a line in there where her, she says her mother died when she was about Joy's mm-hmm. age now, which was the age she was in the flashback that begins right. this, this which show. Which is why so, maybe she kept that baby and so maybe you assume the, the blood on her is her mother's blood? Maybe the tall man killed the mother? I don't know who that who tall knows? man is. We don't know. We don't know any of this stuff yet, but we do know. His blood that, goes upwards. like It defies gravity. Yeah. It travels up his face instead of rolling down. Or at least she creepy. sees it that yeah. way. Yeah, well, ooh, so, I like yeah, that. Yeah, we don't really, mm-hmm. it's all very subjective. What we do know is that modern day now, none of misery has taken place yet. No, but when she goes through her withdrawal this week, she hears typewriter clacking. And yeah. because it's 2019, she's listening to an audiobook of Paul Sheldon. Yeah, Paul Sheldon's and she reads his book out, later uh, yes. when she's sitting in the in it's a, a waiting room. It's a ripper cover, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, so the Paul Sheldon aspect yeah. is in there. She also <laughs> says there are only two kinds of people in the world, dirty birds and paper people. Paper, yeah. Fake paper. Fake paper. Yeah. Which what does that mean? I think she's talking about the characters in books, like um, in Paul Sheldon's books. Uh, but and her knows? daughter likes to draw. Your daughter likes to draw. So she should have known from and when she gets to misery, if that's in the future, she should have known what kind of paper. Maybe she bought the kind of paper that would be good for drawing. Because remember, he says that's right, smudge, and he, yep. Yep. and he does the smudge of his thumb. So. And of course, the daughter's never mentioned in misery. So that's the only time mm-hmm. shift that's taken place. Yeah. Everything else... 
pretty much stands to reason. So she comes to town. She has a car accident, which in itself is ironic mm-hmm. since oh, co- super ironic. What began yeah. uh, uh, misery, um, <laughs> and finds herself staying at the Stargaza Inn on the edge of what remains of Jerusalem's lot, right. adjacent to Castle Rock, mm-hmm. not far, but not in town. No, and um, we don't Ace actually Merrill go into town much. They go, they go into uh, the Glorium Import. The the um, oh, good lord, we just saw the sign a million times. <laughs> the uh, um, something okay. The which has been mentioned in stories before. Yes, it's the Emporium Glorium. Emporium Glorium. It's owned by Pops, and he has a similarly named auto repair shop which is where her car ends up after the accident and the kids in town asked the little girl or not little girl but teenage girl if her yeah. mother didn't want to pay for an ambulance and that's why you know they're staying in this place it's week to week payments it's on castle rock why it's does mentioned Pop seem like a good guy in this so far well, he seems he seems like a guy who knows he's running crooked ass businesses in town has for generations and apparently is trying to get out of it well, and he adopts two Somalian kids, and we don't know why or for what reason at this point of watching two episodes of it. Yeah, we're not sure whether he was apparently in Somalia for a while as mm-hmm. a major general. As a major uh, general. Yeah. Came back. We don't know if these kids are really related to him or if there was some woman he knew there. We right. did see a photograph briefly, but he did bring these two kids back. And, and doesn't formally He's adopt foster, them, I guess. Foster, foster care them, yeah. for the longest time. But then encourages them to, one, to, to go to medical school, Harvard, no less. Yeah. The and, woman, yeah. And so it's very interesting. Uh, I, I find it very astounding because there's nothing about Somalia or Somalians that's ever mentioned in any Stephen King book. So the fact that he adopted these kids and Ace is his nephew and, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, Ace, Ace was his nephew has always been. No, I know, case, but, but I'm but saying... Like, Ace has this, like, I'm not saying he's a racist, but I'm just saying that he feels like he has more entitlement to Pops and Pops' oh, yeah, businesses. Absolutely. Well, yeah, he says, you're never part of our family. Right. You're just stepkids. He hates them. He was jealous of them from the very beginning right. because they're getting all the attention. He isn't because he's a piece of shit. Well, he also he, has a brother named Chris who we've never heard of before. Right, exactly. But on the other hand, Ace's own continuity maintains. We first meet him as mm-hmm. a cra- crappy-ass teenager for the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets away with that. Which is standby. In other stories we know... I believe in needful things. We're told that he got caught on a smash and grab and went to Shawshank, uh, Shawshank for four years, mm-hmm. got out, and then kind of fell out of continuity. Now, there is a notation that he died in 1991. Scratch that. Right. He got out of Shawshank a while ago, came back to Castle Rock, right. and then clearly started running some of the penny ante bullshit operations I that Pops it. let him yeah. run. But Pops is clearly trying to get out of this thing, and he's turned over to the two Somalis, the yeah. doctor and, and her brother, who's a business person, a, bu- a yeah. very talented young business yes, person, yes. to make a new mall, in, mm-hmm. uh, and it turns out right on the remains of what was Jerusalem's Lot, yeah. right at the base of the Marston House, where the vampires right. were in Salem's Lot. Okay, so that was another thing. Okay, so first of all, Ace has thugs shaking down his... Somalian brother Mart, and, or, marketplace or family's place, yeah. marketplace, you yeah. know. Yeah. And he's get you know doing I don't know protection. What do you? Call it? Yeah, it's protection, pure and simple. It's just you go and you you're not. It's right. called rent. They're not paying rent. They're paying no, extra yeah. money so they don't you know get shut down or yeah. whatever. Yeah, blown up or whatever. Uh, but it's so interesting. 
So Ace thinks that there's something wrong with Annie from the beginning. Yeah, Annie from thinks there's something crazy, wrong with something Ace. Something crazy in his eyes, right? And Annie doesn't want to stay in town. She just needs to get her lithium and her drug cocktail. So this entire first episode is like, takes one to no one. I'm rubber, your glue, sticks on him, bounce off me, sticks on yeah, you. It's, it's got that whole kind of thing of all of them knowing that the other ones are not good. And, and I find that very interesting. But... Um, I don't even know where to go with this because we have so much well, more so in this Joe, season, so but it's just so good. It's yeah, so it's, good. It's excellent. And so as as Annie does her normal thing, she's going to yeah. go to a local hospital. She's going to be a temporary RN. Take pick still up drugs. a few drugs, mm-hmm. get the hell out. Well, it turns out right. it's much harder to get those drugs than she realized. They're up behind a right. uh, much more complicated security system. And also and, the government rules are changing. Yeah, it's it. yeah. And um, and she meets, because of that, one of the doctors there. Who Dr. Is, H. Dr. H., who is, in fact, uh, Ace Merrill's stepdaughter, his adoptive daughter. Uh, no, no, no. Pops Merrill. Pops Merrill, excuse yeah. me, not Ace's. Pops Merrill's adoptive daughter, who's come back to town to help him out, probably is working there basically to shepherd him through, as it turns out, Pops Merrill's he cancer. Has cancer. He's slowly and so dying. he's, you know, she's giving him his treatments she's at home. way more talented than, than this town deserves, but she's going to hang till oh. he's done. Yeah, because she loves her the, father. And in the process, she ends up actually befriending Annie Wilkes and giving her the meds that she needs. Which is crazy. So the entire time Annie Wilkes is just doing this crazy uh, back and forth where she's basically staring at this room. Breaking into houses, stealing shit, doing anything she turning can. Turning off the um, power in the hospital so that she can run right. and try to hope that the power grid will be off so that she can get get in the locker room to get her lithium the doctor catches her and thinks that she's an opioid addict and that yeah. she's there for oxy and she says no and she actually the only truthful conversation that we ever see any Wilkes have with anybody so far whether it's in misery back in right. our day right. or now in this she starts crying and she says you know I, I here's what I need these are the pills that I need and the doctor just says Okay, well, you work here, and as long as you continue to work here because you've been doing good work, I am I can cover for you, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. Just stay off that oxy. Don't ever go to the oxy. It's the worst thing, yeah. worst thing that possibly could happen. And, and even that conversation, as truthful as it was, doesn't really change any because she ends it with a lie. She when does. When she tells how she got the computer key that got her into the, right. the basket, got her into the oh, room. What she actually thing. did was break into this nice woman's house, happened to be there, unfortunately, when it was firebombed by, by Ace, Ace Merrill with Molotov cocktails, which right. Pops had told him, don't do, don't make it do. look like a gas leak. The very leak. first line, he says, make it look like a gas leak. Aston is t- too much paperwork. Uh-huh. And he so. wasn't trying to kill his kids. He was actually thinking, I think, that for the new building, the right. new um, structure the new right. of the new mall. Right. So she still lies because obviously she tells well, she's that so good and she's at lying. going to be Oh my there. god, is she, she not? She does it beautifully. She uh, over just, and over in this thing. She is a brilliant liar, which explains how it is she's managed for Paul, ten years and with everything, and to move from place to place and, and yes. yeah, mm-hmm. to do what she's done. So she's a, in a weird way a a perfect yeah. uh, person for Castle Rock. And oh, she, so yeah. she ends up staying longer because after now she can get right. She can get the meds right. she needs, she's gonna stay a while. Now uh, however Ace Merrill shows up at her place, well aware of who oh she is God. and what she is. And he's, because he had mentioned briefly, like, 
oh, well, I was fixing her car, you know, the plates don't match with the VIN number. And then, you know, so he clearly knows. So he shows up yep. at her house and she, he's like, I'm the landlord. I can come in whenever I want to. And she had been scooping ice cream out with a plastic green yeah, it was one old of those, school yeah, ice Yeah, one of those completely <laughs> innocent looking green plastic ice so uh, uh, ice cream servers that you uh-huh, don't even think. Everybody's yeah. got one in a drawer, yeah. right? And when he gets a little too close and uh-huh. threatens a little too much, and he does what Annie does best, she shoves that ice cream server directly into his mouth, and then pounds it in. Pound, knocks him to the floor, pounds it in, and then after she realizes that he's dead, in the next episode, she... I found this very well, amusing. Well, same episode, because the episode ends a little bit after oh, this. Oh, you're right, you're right. That's I'm right. sorry. Yeah. So, what I found very amusing was she uses her knees like a little girl, like how you do when you like jump on something, you know, your bed or whatever on your knees. She jumps on his body with her knees, and the ice cream scooper pops out like two inches. And so then she's able to kind of wedge it out. Yeah, because she wanted the murder weapon. Yeah. Then she yeah, takes the course. body, takes it in the, puts it into her car. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and by the way, her daughter, this whole time has now um, made friends yeah. made friends and also use the free wi-fi well, to, to find out more and, find more, out about more, and more about her, about mother. her mother that yeah. her mother is wanted for murder but, but continue well, but her, so he, yeah. she takes the body and she does what well, of course everyone in castle rock does mm-hmm. you take it down to castle lake because that's where you put the bodies that's where you always put the bodies unfortunately However, yeah there happens to be a nighttime fisherman there that just kind of looks over, and then she had not done anything except for open up her, you know, she'd backed her car up to the lake, open up the... the Trunk. Trunk? It's not a trunk if it's a hatchback. Jeep. Hatchback? Okay, yeah, whatever. whatever. Something in the back that pops up that you get your stuff out of the back seat yeah. of. <laughs> I don't know. The back part. Um, the back part. And before pulling anything out, she sees the fisherman, closes it up, and then drives elsewhere and, and takes it to the site where the Somalian brother Small is. Small is being built. Which is, we've, we've mm-hmm. been to this site a couple of other times. We've seen the construction equipment Over, around. Yeah. This isn't mm-hmm. out of the blue. This no, is, it's This not. is part of the story that's gone on. Yeah. So she goes there. She's going to drag it into one of the the areas where they're going to pour cement the next day. So, ironically enough, Ace, who hates this this half-brother, hates this new mall, is going to be interred in it. Unfortunately, that entire structure collapses, and she finds herself 10, 12, 15 feet down. Oh, at first, I well, first she's hanging, and I'm like, the flashlight drops. And I'm like, your fingerprints, Annie, get it. Yeah. And then she falls, and you see all these coffins everywhere. Now these bodies. In this well, coffins, at first it we just looks coffins. You think, oh, it's the light because we already know that this mall is being uh-huh. built on what they're they're calling the witches, and we know are actually the Satanist cult from a hundred years ago, right. two hundred years ago, um, or uh, uh, any Indian burial ground uh, type of thing yeah, that, that King thing. does. Yeah. So, and it, it's there's just been a subsidence, and there's a, so she's down inside there with just coffins. But then you see bodies mm-hmm. in the coffins, and they're not nearly old enough. No, they're, and they're covered in a goo. You know, kind of a reddish. And as goo. he sits there, they get he gets covered in goo as well, and anything that's in there other than Annie gets covered in. Goo. It's true. true. So, and that's where the first episode ends Ends. with her passed out in this hole in the ground near Ace's body Mm -hmm. with the bugs and the goo everywhere. So, of course. The crazy thing is, you're rooting for Annie. Yeah, strangely enough. Get get out, get out. out. Yeah. 
so so Maybe obviously it's because of the daughter. I yeah, don't know. Like we, you. No, it was like well, we of course we also know that Annie has to live. Right. For the continuity. So she's not going to die. Anybody else. the clocking and the yeah. Paul Sheldon and then the novel Well, we're just, we know the, the miseries in the future. It's so, exactly, yeah. So she's going to live. But well, the same isn't necessarily true of anybody else. Because this is post-Castle Rock, yeah. post-everything. Everybody else can die in this thing. Including, yeah. you know, the Merrills. Well, Ace already has. Ace, who we've seen before in many books, in Needful Things, and in, mm-hmm. and in The Body, and elsewhere. To see him so summarily killed at the end of the middle of the first episode was an amazing sort of thing. Yeah, it was shocking. In the same way that when you looked up that he died in '91, I think it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Supposedly, and there was no reason for it. There There was was never. It was just mentioned in passing. I think it was in Needful Things that he was. Or someplace, something we read that. where it talked. I don't don't think it's right. Someplace else, it was mentioned he died. I think it's interesting that it's like as as little fanfare as he had for his death in any real life of the yeah, Stephen King. Any known continuity. You yeah. know, yeah, and, and the multiverse and all that. Um, in this way, it was so interesting to find him being killed with an ice cream scooper and it's just, you know, so and now... And his body... Right. And still undiscovered. You know, so, right. So, of course, we had Pop to watch Merrill the second episode because we yeah. had to see if Annie gets that. And if what she finds is a grating, uh, another sewer, and she ends up... Now I'm going to get you because you just... Uh-huh. Yawned. I just yawned. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. It's contagious. <laughs> it's uh, still hot. And... It Are you really liking so, this weather? Yeah, no, I'm hating this weather. No, of course, no, I'm loving you love this, this weather. It's shit. late. It's almost because October. For me, I'm like, almost oh, Halloween. It was so <laughs> cold a few weeks oh, ago, no, and then horrible. now it's like super hot. Now it's like hot, back in the high like, 80s, low oh, 90s yeah. again. Right where it should be. So I had my AC on full blast when Brad was here, and we were watching this. And, and then I turned it off, and now the yeah. heat is getting to us from the walls. I'm like, yawning. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, so we see her actually find a way out of this. She finds herself in a strange room, and it's spiral staircase and she comes up and yeah. ends up in the ruins and i said that's the Martian. yeah house. it was ruins of a big it house where she sees a couple of squatters of homeless people fucking, fucking away fucking and, the away. Other room, and she runs away from them leaves the place and turns out it is the marston house a yeah. horrible rotted half collapsed version of the yeah. marston house which we assume is post salem's lot the book i mean we assume that, but we, we don't assume that, really but we know. don't know because when the whole town lit on fire, when the vampires fled and they and Ben lit it all up, I mean, we, we don't the, know if the Marston House everything. was burned or not. We, there were I, ruins. I mean, it was up on the hill. Yeah, we just don't know. So she escapes from that, and in the second episode, we see things get even worse as they start looking for Ace's body everywhere. His stepbrother is accused of it and even captured by. Pops himself. Yeah. And we don't even know at the end of the second episode what happens to him. No. Whether he survives that. And we can or whether, get to that matter, pops. because we're both yawning so much. So well, and it's no, also, no. We, wanted, we wanted to record and you know, yeah. stop at some point. But, but we know that it's Annie's, so much information. There's yeah. so much information that there we could, we had, we could only back, watch. Too. Her daughter is now aware of how totally fucked um, her crazy, mother is. Yeah, how totally and, fucked uh, well, I mean, she already knew that she was fucked up because she's like, "Mom, you haven't had your meds in a week, and I'm worried about you, and this and that." And she like slams doors and locks it in between her and her mother, so she knows that her mother has problems and issues. But it gets to the point where it's like. She goes and slams her hand, and she falls, and and uh, it breaks open. I guess old stitches that Annie had done in her daughter's hand. So she goes to Doctor H, and she's like, 
oh, your daughter's 16. She says she wants to be alone. I'm going to go see her by herself. And yeah, she I, says, I think the wound in her hand was from the car accident, the Jeep accident three weeks earlier. I think that's... Oh, and then she just stitched it up herself. Okay. she said to her friend, her new friends, um, you know, that, that her mom took care of it, stitched oh, her up. Oh, okay, And gotcha. then she tells the doctor later that her mother, like, cleans her teeth and does all that stuff. So right. she's never right. let her out of she's, her sight. Yeah. And the and whole for time. anything. And she even gives her money at one point when she thinks that she's going to stay after she gets her lithium and she's all happy. She gives her money and says, you can even go and get the paper by yourself. Yeah, which was a like major a deal. Huge for her. deal, yeah. So, yeah, so but, she's clearly, so then she was going to sit about the first time she's ever been in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So we end the second one with all the characters in place, but with Pops Merrill down uh, as his cancer is progressing with the but brother. Let the dog go. Yeah, the, yeah, with the, the brother Abdi, maybe or maybe not attacked by the dog, with Annie, maybe or maybe not. Pops Merrill addresses down. Annie and says, Ace's dog went straight to your house. Yeah. And that dog is smarter than my nephew ever was. But but Pops but at this moment believed liar. what, what yes, she's but lied, about. lied about. Believes mm-hmm. that Abdi, yeah. the, the, bro- the stepbrother, did it. Of course. And, but it's a perfect we setup. Don't. She had no idea that she was just, well, you know, she's and there is, just we talked smart about, enough. There's the one big enough. difference between Liz Kaplan mm-hmm. and Bates. That Kathy. Kathy Bates is Kathy Bates is a big, tall woman. Right. She's close to six feet tall. I oh believe. yeah, they did some cool. Yeah, yeah. you and, pointed that and out. And Lizzie Kaplan like, yes. is at best five five, five six. She's not a big character. She's big adorable. Woman. She's not tiny. She's one and doing wonderful this, but mm-hmm. you know, hugely intense. Big Meanwhile, Tim Robbins small, yeah. is six two. He's a big guy. Is he really? He really is very tall. Oh, and I have him look up to him, but he's very big. But. When we they finally confront each other, meet each other for the first time, the camera work emphasizes the difference in their height. The way Frequently they in do camera that. work, they try not to do that. They try to get people on the no, same level. No, in this case, this it was one they amazing. play. They even do a down shot over his shoulder to look down at her, and an up shot over her shoulder yes. to make how tall he is. Right. So when she says, "Yes, Ace showed up at my place. He threatened me and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Then he left and." Was chased into the woods by a. I don't want to be racist, but yeah, it's but someone that he wasn't, accepts it entirely yeah. because, after all, who could believe that this little girl, this little you know five foot four, right. or whatever, could and she's could so hurt Ace Merrill? Good at lying. Yeah, Sorry she seems just like a death, weak little yeah. little nurse to mm-hmm. character. Yeah, so you absolutely believe. I don't believe that she could do it. Pop Merrill's daughter is the doctor yeah. that's in charge yeah. of Annie Wilkes. So you know, I mean, not that they've talked yeah, about her, but. It's in, the, you know, in that hospital, you work in the hospital he under my daughter. Yeah, yeah. She has not said anything so, bad about you. I know this about you, blah, blah, blah. But it's going back and forth with the height perception, yeah. uh, perception, perception. Yeah, just perception. Yeah, I, I think it's that's perception. it. Um, so we're obviously going to continue to watch this. We'll talk about it some For more sure. as the weeks go on. But any concerns we had about this keeping up the quality uh, level of the first season. It's yeah, not a problem. Badass. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do yourself a favor. And Liz Kaplan. Liz Kaplan has a very difficult role, mm. a goal, you know, a, yeah. a problem in trying to match so Kathy Bates, Kathy Bates and choose. make those things to work. And she's doing an insanely good job. She really but let's is. not underestimate Tim Robbins. Oh. His, he's underplaying <gasps> this character so wonderfully. We to this yeah. point, we don't even know if he's good or bad. I, we don't I even don't know. know. Yeah. I have no clue. And you find you like him at times when you yeah. shouldn't, because he's, he's certainly not playing your standard Mm-mm. crime boss Mm-mm. at all. Or any Meryl. 
Period. You know, any Merrill at all. Yeah. So <laughs> there are just so many wonderful. Meanwhile, we should mention there are tons of multiversal references of in course. here, as always. Now, we said there aren't any characters from the first season right. in mm-hmm. here, and very few overt things, but we do spend a lot of time in the Emporium Glorium, which is. Marston House, the Mellow Tiger. Yeah, that's the Mellow Tiger. There's yeah. one scene that, for no particular mm-hmm, reason, no. takes place and the Stone Bridge right outside the Mellow Tiger, uh, which was in the first and season. The fact that it's and it's in elsewhere. Jerusalem's lot, which is in Castle Rock County. Yeah. So yeah. it's. You so know, Salem, yeah, there's actually a. There's at a one point, they're looking at a map, and you see that Salem's Lot, Jerusalem's Lot, is right next. To Castle Rock, right, it's and it like, shows the hospital, and right, yeah. the hospital where she works is kind of midway yeah. in between. So oh, everything we could have hoped for is I, here. I know we're both like so like tired from back scratches and, and foot, foot rubbies and dog snoring and kitty purring behind your back. Citizen Dilda was just perched up against Brad's back and just purring away. But I can't wait to see how this goes. Yeah, and I, and I, we would have watched more had it not been like. Now we're all relaxed. So but it's us, also, you know, but it's, it's the kind so of thing good. where I will probably go back and binge watch the whole thing again. Like when I was oh, re-watching yeah. just the beginning while we were oh, getting sure. set up for part two here. At the very beginning when she takes her meds, we see in that sequence where we see her setting out her meds and moving from place to place. She sets out three pills. Yes. Just and we find out later very she knows exactly what the three are and what their and the reason are. why she gets into yeah. the accident so, in the very beginning of the first one is because she's going through all of her different bags, which I can relate to as someone who has yep. anxiety and I have Xanax. I have a pill of Xanax in every backpack, purse, everything that I have because just in case, so no matter what I take, that I don't forget it. It's always with me. It's always there. Um, but it's so, and she so starts thing, going through all the shaking of the pills, and that's what gets her in the car accident actually, because yeah. she is just desperate and she can't find one bottle that has a pill in it in any well, of her bags. We we saw it in the first season, and we're seeing in the second that the attention to this kind of detail mm-hmm. to make it all kind of wrapped together, not just the clever little callouts like the Mellow Tiger, but all of it makes such oh my God, sense yeah. that they thought this thing all the way through. Well, I can't wait to see how it makes more sense because there's so many things that we don't know yet. No, no, yet. And also, so well, and then one other thing we should mention too is that there are squatters in the Marston house, which we see from her standpoint. Right. She leaves, the she goes to, yeah. But at the end, when they find her necklace on the construction site, it's assumed that it's the squatters in the Marston house just down the street. And so then they go to the Marston house and start talking, and the two bodies are burned up? Yeah, or or beaten to pulp or something. We don't they're get a real black, good look so at it. they're burned. Yeah, and, yeah. And, the, and the construction worker that came so to look at them, he gets, he gets axed as well and dragged down into the basement, which we've seen yeah. from Annie's standpoint. Can't be Annie because she's, be because she's at the, the hospital. hospital. See, and I'm glad you pointed that out when we were watching it. That's Brad and I very rarely talk during these things, but he was like, she was in the hospital the whole time, and I'm like, Oh, okay, so now who can I yeah, jump on they, and do they shoot that? it in such a way that we can't know, see. Right. Not only can we not see who did it, we can't see what sex they are, how big they are, we right. can't see anything. Nothing. But they they are dragged mm-hmm. down into the area that she emerged from earlier on. And more of the red goo that we the saw. Red, is it red? Well, I just seem it's slimy. It slimy reminds me the, of um, gray matter. Yeah, so we don't really know. So... Is there another killer in the house? We did say earlier that probably the worst place you could choose for a homeless person to squat would be Marston House. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I would love to stay in the Marston House, but I would love it even more if somebody was like, I would pay you a million dollars. And I'd be like, 
No. And 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 then they'd be like, Chinle, and I'd be like, of course. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. And all my psychological therapy that I need afterwards. So that's (laughs) happened. We don't have any overt supernatural element yet. Everything in the first two episodes is psychosis and craziness. One thing we forgot to mention. Okay, sorry to interrupt, but I got really excited about this. When Annie falls into the the pit where the bodies are, there's a scarab. And my grandmother, who raised me, she would send me things as Uncle Traveling Matt, kind of, from Fraggle Rock. She would send me things from all over the world. But my favorite things that I still have to this day are from Egypt. Mm -hmm. And scarabs are everlasting life. They're eternal life. So... There are scarabs all over in the underground thing, and that makes sense with the bugs that are flying all over everything. And especially when she lands in that and all these bugs fly out, they're scarabs. They're scarabs. So maybe they aren't vampires. Maybe they just well, began. And this harkens back again. Continuity. We'll basically see more. But if, back, if we were talking about uh, Night Shift, the, mm-hmm. the book, yeah. a while back, yeah. at the very first and last stories in that book. And the first story, mm-hmm. which is called Jerusalem's Jerusalem Lot, Plot. is a prequel to Salem's Lot. With the Satanists. Uh, that talks about what Satanists were actually cult worshippers. Now, there are indications in that story that they're actually Lovecraftian elder gods. They oh, actually I used Yog sothoth and the others in there. Wait, say it again. Yog sothoth Yeah, I love when you say that. And others that are in there. But they're ancient gods, whatever they are, whether it's, and that they're worshipping them and that even after the house itself is destroyed, that presence remains in the basement. That's what that guy goes down to. And that those creatures down there, the former cultists, have transformed into something that look a whole mm. lot like Nosferatu vampires. Okay. And that may be very well what drew the latter-day Salem's Lot vampires to Marston House and the rest. Ooh, it's already an evil oh, place. Oh, God, I like that. I like that a so, lot. So when they talk about the witches, the graveyard, mm-hmm. but that's what they're really talking about, yeah. are those horrible creatures, those Satan or gods-worshipping creatures right. that lived underneath Marston House or that, that dwelt underneath there. <sighs> and that's what she fell into. Okay, but because what are the, the scarab, about? It's ancient. Everything in I there know. is ancient stuff. It goes all the way back. And you're right, eternal life. And after all, yes. what are vampires good for? Eternal life. There you go. That's all so, I want to be a vampire for. No, so there's lots of indications, life, but we yeah. have yet to see anything supernatural. What we see has been hallucinatory mm-hmm. in that regard and psychotic. Which, but, by the way, I just want to say, eternal life, I, I've had many friends ask me, why, why would you want to become a vampire? And I'm like, they live forever and they're like you'll lose everyone you love and I'm like I already have lost so many people that I love I'm gonna do that anyway like I'm gonna do that anyway and I've gotten kind of good at it if you will but I will say this for those of you who uh, know me on Facebook or any of the things if you are having problems with depression or feeling suicidal at all please reach out to somebody many many places you can go there as alone and isolated as you feel, you are not alone. No matter how weird or anything things feel to you, you are not alone. There are, yes, there's, you know, suicide prevention. You can call 800 numbers, but that's maybe a stranger. I mean, it could be a Ted Bundy that's talking to you. You don't know these no, things, you know. The chances are those are great services that save millions of lives. No, they really you are. You can do I was, that. I'm sorry, I was making a jackass joke. My, my friend. It's okay. Yeah, so my friend, uh, but... You know, this is not the first one that's happened this year. So this is the second one that's happened. And I'm just saying, I would like you to please reach out to anybody because there are more people that care than you think. And you'll be horribly surprised at how this has touched so many people's lives if you open up and talk about it. 
my first exposure to suicide was at the age of 14 and one kid in junior high. Really? A good friend of mine in junior high took his life. You have to deal wow. with it your whole life. And there were, back in those days, and we're talking 19... There was a stigma on that 68, 66. There weren't a lot of places you could go no. and talk about it then. Now there are. There and are plenty also, of people. And if you're people, depressed, mental health is something that we all talk about all the time. Like, yep. I have a therapist. I have a psychiatrist. I see these people. I see my psychiatrist every two months just to make sure I'm cool with my Xanax medication. I go in and see my therapist a couple times a week sometimes. And just please, like, just know that we are all a bunch of fucked up people in this universe, <laughs> but we're all together in our fucked up in this together like yeah, we're all here together so just please you're never really alone you're never even really when you alone. feel horribly alone so reach out reach out and you know what send us an email or uh, anything like uh, we understand both of us and yeah and we're here so just want to i'm sorry to end it on such a bad no note, but it's I'm not sorry. a bad it's note just, it's an important thing to it, say. it really is because honestly mental health is very important and your quality of life is important you are important we are all important so just keep that in your heart and know that people love you okay okay we're calling it a night here <laughs> watch the rest of uh yeah of castle rock season two because we're gonna and yes. uh, and we will be back next week. Uh, in two weeks from now, we'll be Dr. Sleep. Oh, my God. Dr. Sleep. Can't so, wait. Can't okay. wait. Anyway. <laughs> right, I love I you, love Brad. You. Oh, I love you, too. Take care. <laughs> you, too. <laughs> we'll night. talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. <laughs> and that about wraps it up for the first two episodes of season two of Castle Rock. We'll be doing at least one more episode about the series, probably right towards the end of it, but who knows, we might not be able to contain our enthusiasm until then. One big correction here, however. As usual, I talk with great authority concerning subjects I know nothing about, and for some reason I was convinced that Kathy Bates is big and tall. The fact is, at least according to IMDb, she's actually five foot three, which actually makes her an inch shorter than Lizzie Kaplan, who comes in at five foot four. So forget all that I said back there, and I was wrong in the other direction about Tim Robbins, who is tall, but actually even much taller than I thought. The man is a damn giant. He's more than six foot four, which puts him 12 inches plus taller than Lizzie Kaplan. Just don't want to get all heightist around here. I got enough things to worry about. Anyway, the beautiful and haunting theme music we use every week comes to us courtesy of the awesome composer, musician, violinist, artist, and performer, Chrysanthi Tan. Please listen to her amazing music on Spotify or at her own website, which is chrysanthitan.com, or support her as she richly deserves over on Patreon at patreon.com slash chrysanthitan. And speaking of electro communities out there, join ours. We go under the digital moniker of at Dark Multipod on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can always drop us a line there or at darkmultipod at gmail.com. And please, there's absolutely no harm and all good in wandering over to iTunes and giving us a nice review and rating so that other king-obsessed pod lovers can join us here. We'd appreciate any shout-outs you can manage. As we've said before and will say again, we are proud members of the Podbelly Network a collection of more than 20 excellent podcasts, some selection of which you're bound to appreciate yourself. So go do some audio spelunking over at podbelly.com 
Give a listen to a few and see what you're missing, because it's plenty. That's poddebelly.com with a D in the middle. D as in don't hesitate, visit poddebelly now. Elsewhere, Creepshow is about to end its all-too-short but glorious run on Shudder. There's at least one new episode of Castle Rock on Hulu every Thursday for the next few weeks. And Mike Flanagan's interpretation of Dr. Sleep, which Stephen King himself has recently endorsed, premieres on every damn screen near you in just a couple of weeks on November 8th. Catch up on all of that there stuff, and then join us back here for some thoughts on Joe Hill's contribution to Creepshow next Monday. And on the Monday after that, Dr. Sleep. Until then, please, folks, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and very seriously now, keep it unreal. And now a word from our mascot. <laughs> that is great. That was too perfect. Matt definitely oh, has to go man. at the end of one oh, of man. our... Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 Here's our mascot. <laughs>